Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A. The NFL Combine has come and gone, and lots of Buffalo Bills prospects were on display in Indianapolis. Uh, General Manager Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott the head coach both spoke with the media in Indianapolis and so we've got lots of stuff to discuss from that we of course have free agency looming we've got some contract projections that we've been going over over at buffalorumlings.com I wanted to encourage you to get your questions in for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Emails to buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Facebook messages, Instagram messages. You can leave comments in the comments section over at buffalorumlings.com in our show notes articles. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. We've got a great set of questions this week, so get yours in for next week. Let's get to it. Before we get into this week's questions, I wanted to point you all to our NFL Combine coverage. We had a great team, uh, Dan LaVoy, uh, Bruce Nolan, uh, Andrew Griffin, and of course all the rest of us kind of pitching in here and there. covering the NFL Combine this year. Uh, We weren't in Indianapolis, but we were covering it from afar. You can find all of our Combine coverage at tinyurl.com slash billscombine. That's tinyurl.com slash billscombine. It's on the front page at buffalorumlings.com as well. You can go there and check out all of the Combine coverage. We have uh, weigh-in results and measurement results for all the players that uh, were standout in good and bad ways at every position group. We've got the um, standout on-field performances from each of the position groups as well. We've got overall winners and losers from the combine. And then we have um, just some links with, you know, what other people are saying about some of the prospects the Bills might be looking at. And again, that's at all of the positions. That's at tinyurl.com slash billscombine, one word, after that tinyurl.com. We also have some podcasts in there um, from Nick and Nolan and just lots of ways to cover the 2020 NFL Combine for you draft folks who uh, absolutely love the NFL draft and can't get enough of that draft coverage. I am not one of those people. Um, I tend to focus more on who's actually on the bills um, as opposed to you know a lot of players that won't necessarily be on the bills. I don't get to watch college football 
very much at all. So I, I don't really get into the draft stuff until like the week of the draft. But that's why we have Griff. That's why we have Dan Lavoy. That's why we have Bruce Nolan on staff to really break down all that stuff for you. So go check that out. Uh, it's right on the buffalorumblings.com homepage. Uh, we pinned a story stream with all of the stories and all the articles we've written on the Combine this year. Or you can just head over to tinyurl.com slash billscombine. Let's start today's episode with a question from Instagram, where Chase 4 asks us, what position in free agency do you feel will have the best chance at addressing and taking care of before the draft? There are two spots where I think the Bills can um, add a veteran as a free agent that I think uh, could could really be in play uh, in 2020. Uh, the first place is at the interior on the offensive line. Uh, they should be able to find someone in that second wave of free agency to come in, kind of like they did with Quentin Spain last year, uh, and and fill that role as you know a potential starter at the guard position. Unless they really believe that Cody Ford is going to play that guard position, um, in which case they may wait until the draft and, and take a right tackle. But if they're going to solidify the interior offensive line. And there's no reason to believe they shouldn't at least sign, you know, some one of those steady veteran guys, especially if they're going to move on from Spencer Long. Uh, he's due to make three and a half million or something like that in 2020. So if they're going to move on from Spencer Long, they really need to sign another interior offensive lineman. And I think they would look uh, at the free agent market to do that. The other place I can see them adding a veteran is at running back. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bills added a veteran at running back and drafted a guy uh, at running back. But uh, adding a veteran at the running back position uh, to either replace or supplement T.J. Yeldon um, as the kind of second back to Devin Singletary, I think wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. They've showed that they like, uh, you know, uh, veterans at that position. And uh, with the departure of LaShawn McCoy last year and Frank Gore this year, wouldn't surprise me at all for them to bring in another veteran running back. Let's turn this question around, though, and take a look at what positions the Bills might want to address in the draft over free agency. I think if you're looking at a wide receiver, I think free agency is not the way to go. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of receivers with the skill set that the Bills want. And um, it's a very deep wide receiver class uh, in the draft this year. So I think that's a good place for them to add a wide receiver. And I would say the same thing with edge rusher. There's a lot more talent available at the edge rusher position in free agency than there is at the wide receiver position. Um, So if the Bills do want to add a veteran, that's okay. They're probably still going to add a pass rusher early in the draft, uh, especially if they want to replace Trent Murphy this year. They're losing Shaq Lawson. Um, They or at least he's going to be entering free agency. Maybe the Bills resign him. Maybe they don't. Um, Jerry Hughes is getting up there in age. They really need to bring in a young guy to start bringing uh, somebody along in that position. On the defensive line, uh, I can see them either signing one of those cheap veteran backups, uh, three-technique defensive tackles behind Ed Oliver. Uh, They could also bring in a draft guy, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, A cornerback position, they could draft a guy, or they could bring in a veteran with Tredavious White being that kind of young veteran. Uh, They have Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde filling out the rest of the secondary. They can really afford to have a young up-and-coming kind of green cornerback in there as well because they have so much veteran leadership around them. Uh, And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bills, in addition to signing a free agent, in the mold of, say, Kevin Johnson last year, kind of that cheap veteran free agent guy, if they also brought in a, you know, a, 
a drafted cornerback to kind of compete and maybe look long term because Levi Wallace is, you know, he's only got a couple more years left on his rookie deal. Well, as an exclusive rights free agent and then restricted free agent over the couple next couple seasons. So they're going to have to replace him or upgrade over him at some point in the near future anyway. So bringing in a, a drafted player this year and say the third or fourth round wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, offensive tackle, I would love to see them draft somebody at offensive tackle to play behind Ty Inseki and move Cody Ford to guard, but who knows what their plans are at offensive line. And then a tight end, I don't even know if they need to bring in anybody right now. If they want to keep Tyler Croft and they like what they've seen from Tyler Croft since he was signed, they can keep him around. Otherwise, they could add either a veteran in the room, which is probably a good option. Uh, but they do have Lee Smith there, so they could uh, draft another guy maybe to compete with Jason Kroom and some of the other guys for that I don't know, lower level, third, fourth, fifth, tight end position. One nice thing is that we know Brandon Bean has a plan of what position groups he wants to attack in free agency to set himself up in the best way possible for the 2020 NFL draft. Look for them to add a couple of those value veterans at offensive line positions like offensive tackle, thinking of Adrian Waddle or or someone of his kind of caliber, uh, maybe adding an interior offensive lineman in free agency, and then maybe taking um, a, a little bit of a swing at cornerback uh, for somebody that can come in and provide valuable depth or uh, push Levi Wallace. Those are some value free agents, and then you might see them invest in a defensive end at some point, uh, maybe probably not on the first day, uh, but maybe by the end of that first week. Thanks for your question over on Instagram at Buffalo Rumlings. Our Twitter question of the week over at Rumlings Q&A, that's again with the word and spelled out in the middle, is from Tim Glavin, who asks, which would you think have a greater impact? A dominant day one starting tackle kicking forward inside to guard and strengthening the line or a dominant edge rusher getting consistent pressure? Well, Tim disagrees with me because he goes on to say improving the O-line improves the team more than adding a rusher. I think the Bills would benefit far more from getting a pass rusher in. They can really get after the quarterback. Uh, the, the defense is built on generating a pass rush with the front four guys. They have Ed Oliver. They have Jerry Hughes. Uh, they have Star Latulale eating up blocks and Harrison Phillips who can do that and get after the quarterback. They've got linebackers who can get in the backfield. They really could use a dynamic pass rusher to just absolutely blow stuff up. Uh, they didn't get that from Trent Murphy, what they were expecting. They didn't quite get it from Shaq Lawson, which is why maybe they won't extend him. I personally would like to see Lawson back and adding a dynamic pass rusher. So I think a dynamic pass rusher would come in and immediately improve this team in a way that you really can't quantify just based on, say, sack numbers. They could really disrupt opponents' offensive game plans. They could do a lot of things that could dictate the game uh, for the Buffalo Bills defense. I think the starting right tackle issue... Ford was okay at right tackle. Uh, you still have Ty Inseki under contract, who is, again, okay to good at right tackle, even if he has question marks about his health and age. Uh, I think the Bills can get by with one of those two right tackle options, but unless they add a dynamic pass rusher, their pass rush is really going to be in trouble. And that's even if they keep Trent Murphy. Uh, they are you going to trot Daryl Johnson out there as a, a former seventh-round pick in his second NFL season and be like, yeah, that's going to be good enough. You can play 50% of the snaps. 
I don't think the Bills are capable of doing that. Bringing a guy in that could really contribute from day one as a situational pass rusher is going to be so huge, and I think they have the ability to get that in the second, third, maybe even into the fourth round of the NFL draft. I'd prefer that they uh, get it in the second or third round, even if they have to trade up to do it into the third round like they did with Dawson Knox last year. So thanks for the question over on Twitter at RumblingsQ&A. Tweet us your questions for next week now. We'll be right back after this quick break. Don't go anywhere. Let's head back over to Twitter where Dave Waltman asks us, what would it take for the Bills to move up and get Henry Ruggs? If there's one player to move up to get, who would you choose? I think his athleticism is off the charts. What he doesn't have in height, he has in hops. Well, let's start here. I don't think that the Bills should trade up to draft any wide receiver with such a deep class. There's wide receivers that are going to fall. The Bills did this with Sammy Watkins on the board several years ago. They traded up to get Sammy Watkins when guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and other superstar wide receivers were still on the board. So I don't think the Bills should trade up to get a wide receiver. But in the interest of answering the question, let's take a look at what the Bills have to offer. The Bills are currently sit 22nd in the NFL draft order. If they just used their first and second round pick, they could trade up to like, I don't know, 12. Uh, so they could move up 10 spots in the NFL draft to get whoever they might think was, say, a top three pick that was falling into, you know, the middle of the first round, if that's Ruggs, if that's somebody else. So their first and second round pick are only going to get them up to about the 12th pick. Um, if you're going to trade next year's first round pick, you can probably get up into the uh, the top 10. Uh, so you package the 22nd pick this year plus a first round pick next year. You can probably get to nine or maybe eight. Uh, so I don't think it's a good option to do that. I think the Bills should just stand pat and and take whoever falls to them at 22. Then maybe they trade up, you know, a couple spots in the first round if you know their one guy is is really sticking out. But I don't think they should be trading up into the top 10 to get Henry Ruggs if he's going to go that high. If he falls down to 15, the Bills could use their uh, first round pick at 22 and trade their first and second round picks to get up to say 15 in which case they'd probably get back a third or a fourth round pick from the team that they were trading with uh, just to kind of balance out the trade Uh, so Buffalo would still be able to draft some depth players but the Bills have plenty of fourth fifth and sixth round draft picks in this year's draft what they really need is to package those and move up into the third round uh, maybe into the back end of the second round they don't really need to be messing around with trading up in the first round. They're not one player away from making a run at the playoffs, and I don't think that you know Henry Ruggs or any player really is going to come in and completely change the dynamic of this Buffalo Bills team and instantly make them a Super Bowl contender. So I think the Bills need a couple key spots. We've talked about them already in the podcast today. Uh, so, uh, But that answers your question about how far they would – be able to trade up with uh, with their picks in the draft. Thanks for sending us your question, Dave, at Buff Rumblings on Twitter. The end of February brings us the NFL Combine. March brings us free agency, and April brings us the draft. But the Bills have some really key free agents uh, or upcoming free agents that they need to make some decisions on coming up here soon. Uh, Matt Milano and Tra- Tredavious White are two of their young stud 
defenders that the Bills are going to have to make a decision on what to do with their contracts as they expire at the end of next season. Uh, Tredavious White, they can keep under contract for his fifth-year option because he was a first-round pick uh, by paying him roughly $10 million for one season. Uh, that would be the 2021 season. Uh or they could just extend both of them. Uh, I wanted to point your attention to buffalorumblings.com. We have contract projections for both of them, and they are both set to make some pretty fat bank. So you can go check those out over at buffalorumblings.com. If you get a chance, that's what I've been spending most of my week doing is contract projections and talking about the uh, NFL's new collective bargaining agreement proposal that was voted on by the owners and is now in the hands of the NFL Players Association and the players of the NFL. So that's pretty much what I've been covering this week as everybody else has been talking about the combine. So you can check those out at buffalorumblings.com. Or to Facebook, we've got a question from Jake Summers who says, do you think the Bills stick with Pat DeMarco? He saw a pretty low snap count the second half of the year. I'm glad you brought up DeMarco. On February 20th, we ran our off-season series on Patrick DeMarco, where uh, Scarecrow wrote uh, an all-22 analysis. Uh, I wrote a salary cap ramifications of releasing him. Uh, Sean Murphy put together a list of free agent fullbacks that are available. And then Griff put together a list of fullbacks that are going to be available in the 2020 NFL draft. And then later that week, I did a contract projection for actually giving Patrick DeMarco a contract extension before folks voted on Patrick DeMarco and what they think the Bills should do at fullback this offseason. If you look at the results of that poll, uh, I think it was pretty clear what at least the readers at buffalorumblings.com wanted to do. 25% wanted to cut DeMarco outright. 46% wanted to keep him on the final year of his deal, and 14% wanted to extend him for two more years. Uh, so that means that, oh, I don't know, in the neighborhood of 60, 75% of people wanted to keep Patrick DeMarco either for just one season or longer than that. So I think it's pretty clear that most Bills fans see the value that he brings to the team, whether it's on special teams or a fullback. His numbers did dip in 2019. He played a lot fewer snaps on offense than he did the previous season. Uh, now that the Bills have an actual uh, wide receiver game, uh, they also didn't have LaShawn McCoy uh, behind Patrick DeMarco. So running with Devin Singletary and Frank Gore, uh, they also used Lee Smith a lot more, and they didn't have him in 2018. So they used Lee Smith as their extra blocker a lot more than they used uh, Patrick DeMarco uh, because of just the, having him on the roster takes away snaps from DeMarco. So uh, obviously they have a role for him. He's already under contract. He doesn't make that much money. Keeping him around as a veteran presence in the locker room, in the running back room in particular, is not a bad thing with Devin Singletary and just, you know, TJ Yeldon, who, you know, isn't really exactly a leader in that room. So I think if they keep DeMarco around for at least the last year of his deal, I think it would be good for pretty much everybody around. Um, or they could do that little mini extension that I talked about over at buffalorumblings.com. You can check all that information out. That was February 20th and February 23rd, where we ran those articles. You can scroll back through the archives or just search uh, Buffalo Rumblings, Patrick DeMarco on Google, and you can find all that information. Thanks for your question over on Facebook. You know, not every player on the Bills roster or any NFL roster is going to be all pro. Not every player is going to be 
you know, super talented playing 50% or 75% of the snaps for the team, there are always going to be some role players, some guys that don't get the publicity that they need. And uh, DeMarco is one of those guys. Um, people were talking a lot about the long bomb that Josh Allen threw to him in the wildcard game, uh, calling him, you know, the deep threat receiver and everything like that. But, you know, that's obviously not his role in the offense. That's not his role on the team. His role is to be, you know, a mentor, to play special teams, to do the work that other people aren't necessarily willing to do, to show people how to act in the locker room, in the weight room, uh, to be a pro's pro. And that's what DeMarco brings to the table. That's what guys like Lee Smith bring to the table. And so if you don't like what they contribute, that's okay, but you're only seeing a small part of what they actually contribute. And especially if you're not watching, you know, all of the lead blocks that the two of those guys are able to lay down on a consistent basis in, uh, you know, in the Bills offense, they are opening up holes. They're doing some great pass protection for, for Josh Allen as well. They're going out in routes and uh, occupying defenders. They're just bringing lots of stuff to the team that's sometimes hidden in the box score. And, and both of those guys in particular get a lot of hate from Bills fans, but they serve a role and they serve a purpose, not just on the leadership council uh, for Sean McDermott, but you know, in their position group and bringing something to the table. So I just wanted to, to sneak that in here as we uh, finish off today's podcast. Role players are people too. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Please keep your questions coming in for Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. You can send us voicemails 24 hours a day, seven days a week using our voicemail line 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A, Facebook messages and Twitter messages and Instagram messages are always welcome. You can leave questions in the show notes over at buffalorumblings.com in our articles where the podcast show notes are listed. You can uh, send us emails, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com to get your questions answered as we really ramp up our free agency coverage this March. Go Bills!